Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I have pepper spray. Get away from me. Tim, that was not me. That was our guest today. And that makes me very happy that we're able to play that little preview of what the listeners are going to hear in this conversation. I do not have pepper spray on me, Tim. And if you were to come close to me, I would not use it on you. Uh, as you know, I would never do that. Uh, but before we get to all of this. It's coming fast and furious. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thanks a lot. Yeah, this is a fun conversation. And our guest, Damsel Ninja Nancy, we met at CrimeCon just last month. If you want to check out what Damsel Ninja Nancy does, you can check out her website. It is damselninjanancy.com. And Lance, we have a great conversation with Nancy McCalla Abercrombie, and it's really mostly about self-defense. It's a really great opportunity to look at somebody's life. As she says, she wanted to do something that was greater than herself, and she was always a true crime consumer. A lot of people might remember her if they went to CrimeCon because you hear that stun gun that goes off, and that's her. And she wanted to do something that was bigger than herself, and she wanted to contribute to the true crime community, and she's doing so by educating people on how to protect themselves, making sure that they're equipped with the right defense products that are going to be safe for them, but effective if they need to use them. So really cool conversation coming up. And also, Tim, I wanted to make a correction. You and I came into this thing like babes in the woods. We were calling them tasers. We were calling them stun guns. So I just want to point out in the beginning part of this interview, you and I are using the word taser. And she corrects us later on that she does not sell tasers. They're different from stun guns. So you'll hear in real time, folks. A teachable moment. Yeah, no, I'm happy to learn that difference. I did not know that. I hope our listeners can learn something too. And if they would like to get a product to help protect themselves, they can do so through Nancy's link. And you can follow Nancy pretty much everywhere on social media at Damsel Ninja Nancy. And she is a part of the company Damsel in Defense. So check them out as well. A lot of education there and a lot of products there. And Tim, if people wanted to check out all of our episodes without the commercial breaks, including this one and everything else we've ever done in our entire lives, where would they go? Well, listeners can now subscribe to Crawlspace Premium on Apple Podcasts. But if you're not an Apple user, you can go to crawlspace.supportingcast.fm and sign up for the same product there. You get early releases, ad-free episodes, and our weekly bonus show that everybody loves. And you can follow us on social media at Crawlspace Podcast or Crawlspace Pod. And we're going to break real quick for commercial, and we'll be right back with Damsel Ninja Nancy. Get away from me. And a thank you to our sponsors. Back to the program. Welcome to the podcast, Damsel Ninja Nancy. How are you today? I am excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I think just being in your presence is an amazing experience, especially when we are at CrimeCon and you just get this sense of reassurance when you're at CrimeCon and you hear that taser crack and you know that you're in the building and everything will be okay no matter what. So thank you for doing that and thank you for joining us. Tell people about yourself. Well, thank you so much. I've been a safety educator for nine years. My emphasis is in abduction prevention. I do not want you to become a subject of your favorite podcast. 
Okay. We need you as an armchair detective. There are over 538,000 people that go missing a year in America. You know, if you're, if we're really realistic, you guys could do 50 more years of doing a podcast literally almost every day and not cover anything that's brand new. I mean, there's so many cases out there that need attention, that need to be brought to light. My focus is on our listeners' safety. I do not want you to put yourself in a situation that something could happen to you. That's actually gone through my head from time to time when you hear the statistics of people who have gone missing and their cases are unsolved. And I've wanted to, but I decide against doing what you just said. Like, if we were to take one of these and cover it each day, how long would that take? And I'll start to do it, and I, and I get too bogged down by, like, the mass, mass amount of people. I think it's uh, great that you are providing a service that will help them in a real-world way to protect themselves. You know, 4,400 bodies a year are recovered that are not immediately identified. And so for me, that... That number is so huge, and that's where my heart lies. My husband and I are part of a team that goes out and searches. We look for Jason Landry. He disappeared here in Texas three years ago. But I met their family at True Crime Podcast in Texas this year, and their story just touched me. And the hope that they still have that at some point they'll have a part of him back. It just really spoke to me and spoke to my soul. So my husband, I dragged my husband. I don't even know if he knew where, where we were going. And I dragged him down and we became part of the, the search team. And that gave me a whole different side of it that I'd never experienced before. If you've never done that, I totally suggest it. It will really change your life. In what ways, before I ask you a different question there, which way would it change our lives? I had always thought about the victim, but I'd never thought about the family as much, about what they went through, the different stages of grief, because at this point, Jason's been gone for three years. And unfortunately, we may be looking for remains, you know, but he could still be out there. We don't know. We don't know. I don't want to take hope away from anybody. But I never thought about the people who get involved in these events, their hearts, it just really changed me in how I look at the missing and how I look at the people that are out there searching for them and their reasons. They want to be a part of something bigger than themselves and to give back to the communities that they live in or give back to these people and give them hope. And to me, that's so beautiful. That just really talks about the souls of people that we don't hear a lot about anymore, the goodness that lie in people that sometimes we forget about because of the world that we have chosen to live in in the true crime world. You know, we forget there's still people out there that are doing just amazing work and it's and they're not getting paid for it. It's simply volunteering their time and wanting to be an answer for someone. Isn't that amazing? This isn't a question so much as just an observation and maybe to get your opinion. Isn't it amazing that from your perspective, you're starting off at the very front of what could be a disappearance. You're trying to prevent it. So by going on these searches and meeting the families several steps later, they're in a certain stage of grief. Their process is just so much later than when you come in. Isn't that amazing that you can recognize all of the good in people as you go from your step like step one all the way to a certain family might have just resigned themselves to the fact that 
we're going to find the remains of our son or our daughter and look at the community that came together to help us do that. Like, I think that's an amazing thing. Well, and I look at it too, is what can I learn from this situation? There's so many people go out there that go missing or something happens to them and they did absolutely nothing wrong. In fact, they did everything right. They text who they were, you know, their friends to tell them what Uber they were getting into. And they told them the Uber they were getting into. They carry their products with them. There are so many people that do everything right, but still something happens. So on my end, as a safety educator, I'm looking at it as what can I learn from this? And what can I give to my customers, my clients, more information and knowledge that they maybe didn't have before? What can I do to take that step just a little bit further to help them ensure that when they're out and about doing errands, look at this, this, and this, you know, what? how can I do that for them? And just make sure that we're looking at it in a different way. I don't want anyone to be paranoid. I want everyone to be prepared. I'm going to be honest with you. When I'm carrying my stun gun and I'm walking through the parking lot and I set it off just because I felt uncomfortable, I also feel empowered. I feel like I can really stand up for myself or maybe the woman who's walking next to me who doesn't have anything with her. I could help her. You know, that's a big deal now too. Not only responsible to myself, but maybe to my community. Excellent. Wow. Well, tell us how you got involved in all this work. I have a family family member that when she was a child, her mother mentally and physically abused her. Not my family member. Her father was my family member. I was 13 when she was born. So when it really came out to me, I think I was about 18 when I realized what was happening. It was so appalling because children in my world and how I grew up, my dad was a teacher. They were cherished. They were a blessing. You took care of them. They relied on you. And the thought that somebody would not care for their child in the way that I had been raised was so foreign to me. And for years, I carried guilt and trauma because I did not recognize those signs. Then later in life, one of my best friends, her daughter misrepresented herself online. She was 13 and she went out on a date with this man who basically kidnapped and drugged her for the weekend and raped her for the weekend and then took her back to the 7-Eleven to drop her off. I didn't know these things happened. I lived in this bubble of, oh, nothing's going to happen here. And when these things happened and I really put them together and I was started dealing with the trauma that I had from both situations, I thought I can either be part of the solution or I'm part of the problem, but I can't stay on the fence anymore. And I have a big, huge voice and I've never been afraid to use it. So why not use it on the side of good and to help educate people who do not know how to get the education and the tips? You know, you read it on the Internet, but is that really true? You don't know. So I wanted to be that voice for people to go to, to be able to share with and to help educate. That's amazing. And this was a question that I was going to ask later on, but I think this is a good transition to your safe hearts program. As long as we're talking about children and protecting families, can you elaborate on what safe hearts is? Yes, it's one of my favorite programs. So the first piece of Safe Hearts is a parent's guide, and it tells you what to look for, tips on your children. My favorite chapter is chapter six, and it's about play dates. So it says to you, Lance, let's say you invite my child over to your house to play. I would say, hey, Lance, we practice Safe Hearts in our home. Is it all right if I send you an email with some questions? You're going to say yes, because you're an upstanding person. 
I always tell people if they say no, then you know you don't want your kid to go over there because there's something wrong. I would send you an email and in chapter six, it tells you exactly the email to send, what to say exactly, and what questions to ask, such as, will there be older siblings at the party? Will there be a parent in the room at all times? Uh, You know, like who else is going to be at the party? All these questions that you need to ask anyway for your child's safety. Now, the last question is one I think is brilliant. And that's what safety rule do you have in your home that you want me to go over with my child before they get there? Because that's going to kind of tell you a little bit about that person. Because let's face it, our kids, friends, we don't always know their parents as well as when I grew up. You know, I grew up when I started kindergarten, I went to school with 33 people that I graduated high school with. Okay, we went to the same building. My dad was a teacher. Everybody knew everything. You could not get away with anything because somebody was always tattling on you. But nowadays we don't live in that kind of world. And so it's hard to know. Do you want your you want your child to have friends, but you also want them to have safe friends. For the record, I've never asked anybody for their kids to come over for a play date. <laughs> so, uh, Nancy, we've met you at a couple of the more recent CrimeCon events. Tell us why you attend these and what is it that you do at these conferences? I do have a funny story. I'll, I'll tell you guys really quick. The very first time I met you guys, we were in... New Orleans. And it was my very first crime con. I've been a cr- true crime listener forever. One day I thought, I wonder if they have vendors at crime con, like people could come and see my products and we could talk about safety. I don't have to explain to them why they need to carry something to keep themselves safe. They understand, they know what's out there. So I was so excited. They wanted me to come the year I asked, but I couldn't. So the first time I came was in New Orleans and I came with my sorority sister and we were sitting at the bar and you guys walked up to talk to another podcaster. And I was like, oh my God, that's Lance and Tim. And I'm telling my friend Rolina and she's like, well, speak to him. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can't, I can't. I looked over, Tim looked at me and smiled and said, hi. And I was like, hi, like I was like five years old or something. I was so excited. If you guys ever want to come and meet people, CrimeCon's a a great way to do that. And I want to tell you, Lance and Tim are so sweet. When we got there this year, we found that your table was right next to ours. It was right across the aisle. And I was telling my husband how excited I was. One, because I love you guys. I love your show. I listen to it all the time. I make my husband listen to it. We're big fans. But I also knew that you had a lot of fans and that would help me. So it was kind of selfish because then I would get to talk to your fans while they were waiting in line to talk to you. What I do is I set up and I bring inventories. They can purchase the protection products. But the best part of CrimeCon is all the stories I get, all the repeat customers, and they tell me what they've been doing for the year. They tell me how they carry their products. They also tell me like a lot of them are nurses and doctors and psychiatrists, and they tell me ways to help my clients carry. Like this year, I learned that if you stun on the inside of the wrist, if you have a stun device and you hit it on the inside of the wrist, it acts as if with those nerves, it will kind of deaden their arm like you hit your funny bone. There was a nurse at CrimeCon that told me that. And so I love that part because it's such an incredible place to exchange knowledge. Plus, then I get to talk about all these cases that drive me insane. Having our table so close to your your booth and, and your products is amazing for us as well, because we'll be talking to somebody and then you'll be 
doing a demonstration like 15 feet away and they don't realize it because their backs are to you and then they hear the tase happen every single time they jump they turn around they they think something's going down and then we always say oh that's nancy you should go check her out after she's teaching about safety and everybody's eyes light up and they say well wh- what's that about and then we say well she does these products and she has these programs and then they get excited and then they go over and talk to you so it's just that sound alone is like so effective for <laughs> on multiple levels it is so it's Okay. That's your sound that you're hearing. I love that because I teach people to use that sound because a stun device, you have to touch somebody to stun them. But you can use that. What a lot of people don't realize is they can use that sound to say, stay away from me, get away from me. And it works on a two or four legged animal. To be completely honest with you, I've probably sold just as many to use on four legged animals when people are out walking. Dogs are off leash. They don't know if they're friendly or not, but they don't want to hurt them. We're from Colorado. We used to live in Colorado and I sold a ton of them to people who hiked alone, especially women who hike alone, because then you're going into their territory. I always say you're going into the bear or the cougar or the wildcat. You know, you're going into their living room. They're not coming into yours. So you don't really have a right to say they should just stay away from you. But with the sound, you can make sure that they don't want to come near you. And that's what I like about the sound. And so that's why you hear it. I work really hard to be respectful because I know that that can be a triggering sound. But it's so empowering to hear this woman's story of what has happened to her. And then I put the stun device in her hand and she sets it off. It's literally sometimes there's a physical transformation that she takes that is just sometimes so powerful for me that I literally tear up because I know now that she's going to feel that she can now go where she was scared to go before. Wow. Okay. So the stun gun or stun device or taser, that's one of the more effective tools that you sell. I don't sell tasers. Let me just educate people really quickly because Hollywood's really messed us up. A taser shoots out and both prongs on the cartridges have to enter the body. And then that's where the electricity goes together. On a stun device, you simply touch them. Now on ours, we have a key around the wrist that you put into the stun device. That way you carry it around your wrist. But ours have a flashlight. And I'm going to tell you the flashlight is huge for me because then I can go out into the parking lot in the dark because I can't always park under a light because there's not as many lights in parking lots anymore. And everybody wants to park under the light, right? That way I can see what's happening. So if somebody's coming towards me, you can also blind them with your flashlight. That's the, the one thing I love. I can say, hey, I see you right there. Criminals want it to be easy. They want to grab your purse and run, or they want to, you know, they want to knock you down and get all your jewelry. That's what they're looking for. So if you're going to fight back, sometimes you don't look like the easy target. With a stun gun, what you can do is you can, no, get away from me. And that's legal for you to do. So you can scare them away from you. That's the distance part of your stun device. But if they're coming towards you and you have to stun them, you can stun them anywhere you want. That electricity is going to rush into their body. If you can put it in their neck, think about, or on their face, think about all those nerves that you're going to hit and then scream while you're doing it. Oh, it's awesome. I haven't done it yet, but I've done it to a cardboard box and it was really pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) have you ever tried it on yourself on your arm just to see what it's like 
So people ask me that all the time and I'm like, no, I'm not stupid. I mean, it's electricity. I know how that feels. However, one time my stun device was not charged, my husband thought, because on ours, we have a little battery thing that shows you how much stun is left so you know when to charge it. Mine was showing dead. And so he thought it was dead and he reached over and hit me with it and said, you're the damsel and you didn't even charge your stun device. Bam. But there was enough in it that it went into my side. <laughs> my God, it hurts so bad. So now my husband carries a pink one. That's been about four years ago. But <laughs> the other day he asked me, can I have my black one back? And I'm like, probably not. <laughs> Where are you with the pink one? <laughs> and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. What uh, advice do you give people who are afraid to use it or think that they're going to misuse it and maybe stun themselves by accident? You're going to live if you stun yourself. Good you're advice. Still live. But with ours, there's silver on the end of ours and then the ring is on the bottom. So if silver is out, pointed out, then you know you have it the right way. If you were going to stun yourself, you would have to turn it in and the turning it in, then put your hand in a not natural position. And when I put it in their hands, that's what I tell them. And then if you hold the stun gun backwards, it feels weird. The way ours are made is they have these little ridges on the back of them. Fit your fingers perfectly. And that kind of tells you too that they're in the right position. Now, ours also have have the little ring I was telling you about the key to put it into around your wrist. If that's taken away from you, if you get into a fight, that comes apart and the bad guy can't stun you with your stun gun. We also have a pepper spray like that. And then we have a pepper spray that also has GPS location in it. We have a pepper spray and an alarm because kids can't carry pepper sprays and stuff like that to school, but they can carry an alarm because an alarm is not considered a weapon. Or one item at a time, Nancy. Jesus. <laughs> I just want to know about the legalities of the stun devices. Are these legal to carry in all states? No, you need to look. If you go to my website at the bottom, it says state restrictions, and it'll tell you what states they're restricted in. We are working to get the laws changed in those states. But let's say you're in Chicago. I can't take my stun gun or my stun device to Chicago because I don't have a permit to carry it there. And that's one of the places that you do have to have a permit to carry. Another place is Michigan. Michigan, you have to have a permit to carry your stun device. So it's your job as a consumer to look up the state restrictions, but you can always go to my website and at the bottom it says state restrictions. And then it'll tell you why. So it'll tell you you have to buy it from a firearms dealer. Pepper sprays in some states you have to buy from a firearms dealer certified or something. It'll tell you why. Yeah, I was just looking and uh, Massachusetts says all prohibited. Pepper sprays, stun devices, and the reason is firearms dealer permit required. So I would need to have a permit if I were to go on your website and, and purchase any of these? We wouldn't send them to you because you're a restricted state. You'd slip me one at CrimeCon, right? We could do like a backdoor deal. <laughs> Never going to break the law or tell you to break the law. I want you to be legal. Very responsible. <laughs> I have a damsel sister who's in damsel in defense in Chicago, in uh, Detroit, and she's been working on changing the laws there. And she finally got the pepper spray law changed. We weren't able to sell our pepper spray there because our pepper spray is military grade. So it's the hottest on the market. You can't buy anything hotter. They felt like it was too hot. So she had to work with 
the lawmakers to get that changed. And she did. Now she's working on stun devices there. So if you're in Michigan, please write your congressman, you know, and tell them that you want that law changed because everyone, no matter where you live, no matter what walk of life, you have the right under the second amendment to bear arms. It doesn't say let's all bear lethal arms. The amendment says you have the right to bear arms. That means that you have the right to protect yourself in the way that you feel comfortable and the way that you feel like you would. It's our constitutional right. All right. Tell us more about the pepper spray. What is this? And tell us how it would be used and about the legalities of that. Pepper spray is a distance weapon. You're never going to use it up close. Unless you have to. If you're being attacked and all you have is pepper spray, use it. You're going to get it on you, but who cares? Use it. And so what I tell people is to hold your arm up and say, I have pepper spray. Get away from me. And it's okay to announce what you have because let's face it, if criminals wanted something really hard, they'd have a job and they'd adult like the rest of us do. But they want something easy and they don't want you to be somebody who's going to fight back. They want a simple target. But when you go to spray your pepper spray, you want to drop your arm down and aim it up. You want to hit them in the face and down the shirt. And people go, well, why down the shirt? Well, it's because when you get something in your face, you lift your shirt up and you wipe your face. You just got him again. Now, ours has a UV dye in it that will stick to their face for seven to 10 days. And think about it, when they pick them up and police pick them up, what's the first thing they say? I, I didn't do it. I wasn't there. I don't know what she's talking about. But now they can UV their face if it's within seven to 10 days. And they're going to say, well, why do you have this on your face? Where did this come from? So again, you've caught them in a lie. They've caught them in a lie. Now that it kind of takes the you said, he said out of it, which is what I like. Because now he has to prove why does he have that on his face? Where do you get the products? How do you make these? How do you manufacture them? Because just looking on your website, you have them in different colors. There's different shapes. You're like the Steve Jobs of the defense merchandise world. So I um, am very open about what Damsel is. We are a direct selling company. So we work like any other. I'm a consultant with Damsel in Defense. They come up with the ideas, but I will tell you, this is how they've come up with them. It's through the years, every time someone suggests something to me, and CrimeCon's a great one for this. People will suggest what they've seen. Do you have this? They tell me about it. I send all those ideas into Damsel, and then they put something together. So like, we wanted something that could GPS locations to to our people to let them know we're in trouble. Now we have two products that do that. We have a pepper spray and alarm and both have a silent way to contact your five superheroes that are in your app. Because we're still a smaller company, I'm very blessed that our owners listen to us. Mindy Lynn is our founder and she is very good at listening to us and hearing what our customers are asking for. So if anybody has a suggestion, you can email it to me and I pass it right on to them so that we can get better products and serve the people that we need to serve better. You know, it is all about our clients having what they need and what they want. Like we have guarantees on everything. Our stun guns have lifetime warranties. You're not going to find that anywhere else. And you're not going to find any place else that has the replacement guarantees that we have. So anytime you use anything from Damsel, if the bad guy takes it away from you and runs away with it, put it in the police report, I'll replace it for free. That includes your pepper spray. If you use your pepper spray protecting yourself, put it in the police report, I will send you a new canister. There's no other company that stands behind their products. So that's one of the reasons that I got involved with Damsel is because of the way they stood behind their products. And that was important to me because I did not want to sell somebody something that's not going to work. 
or they couldn't count on because I'm telling them to count on them for their safety. The other part is I needed to be a part of something bigger than myself. I started Damsel, I was 51. And I thought, you know, I'm getting into the other half of my life. What is my legacy going to be? I am very concerned about the missing numbers, but I'm very concerned about sex trafficking. I, I just can't put my head around it, you know, and there's what, 27 billion people affected by trafficking in the world today. So every time I sell anything, we have two damsel houses and we've saved 1500 children from sex trafficking in the last six years. So what we do is we go in and we take the children out, we save them, they escape, and then we help them find something to do. Like we, we have a nursing program now. They can learn to be a hairdresser. They can learn to own a restaurant. There's all kinds of things now for them to choose so that they can get into a profession that can make them proud and maybe put this dark part behind them. Because what I found is that the average age of sex trafficking is 14. The average times that they're sold a day is six. And if you stop and think about that, at 14, did you want to do anything six times a day? I mean, you know, and to not have any control over that whatsoever. It's 2023. No child deserves to be sold. Actually, no human should be sold in our world today. That's probably the reason sometimes I get up and I don't want to go to work, but I do it anyway because I think about those people I have not yet saved. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. And a thank you to our sponsors. Back to the program. So we have two damsel houses and they're run by Destiny Rescue. We donate the money to keep those two houses running. The food, the programming, all of that is done through Damsel. So those two houses, we are their only corporate sponsor for those two houses. So we took on those houses and we take on all the the expenses for those houses. So every time I sell something, they put a portion of that profits back into that fund that then goes back to those homes. And I'm really proud that during COVID, we never missed a payment. But I will tell you that since COVID, sex trafficking is the only business that has like quadrupled. It's getting worse and worse. And we really need to be educated. That's another thing, educating on how to protect yourself, but your children too, so that this doesn't happen. If the sex trafficking industry tripled at this point, how do you and your organization combat that? And then you just said education and protection. Can you open that up a little bit more for us? Yeah. So we talk about warning signs and we talk about tips. So one of the things I just learned, I just spoke to a policeman here in Texas and he was telling me that I need to warn people, young girls who are starting to drive sometimes have a four door car. Whoever looks at the passenger side of your vehicle, when you go to get in your car, rarely do you do that. But what traffickers are doing is they're putting a zip tie on the back handle of the passenger door. And that's kind of marking this girl so that other traffickers, because they work, to, you know, they work in teams. So that's something that you need to look for. If you're going into a store, I just had this young girl bring this up at an event I was at. This man was following her around the store, she thought. And part of her thought, I'm just being silly. He's not really following me. But then she really started watching him. And everywhere she went, he was. He did not have a cart. He was not putting anything into a basket. He was simply there wherever she turned. So she went to her mom and said, Mom, I feel really weird about this. Because they had divided up their grocery list. They only had 30 minutes in the store. So she was getting half the stuff and her mom was getting the other half. She came back to her mom and said, I feel weird. She said, okay, well, stay with me. And her mom said that 
she noticed the same thing. Every time they turn, here is this man. So they went to the manager and said, hey, can you help us? Because the last thing you want to do is just leave the store. People think they want to just leave the store. No, you don't. Because if he's not working alone, you don't want to walk out where now there's a big, you know, a big lot. So you want to go to the manager. You want to have the manager get the security guard to help you out. Or the manager can always go back and look at the video and see what's going on and then report back to the police that this is happening. Now, if you do go out to the lot and the man does approach you, you want to scream stranger or I don't know you. Fire and help, people don't really respond to anymore. But if you're screaming stranger, I don't know you, get away from me. More people are going to act to want to help you. And the reason you yell stranger is because a lot of times if people think it's domestic, they're not going to get involved. They don't want to get involved into a domestic situation. So if you can make sure that people know this is not my parent, this is not me, this is not my husband, this is not my boyfriend, I don't know this person, that's going to help you more than you know just screaming. The other thing that women can do is start screaming profanities like you are crazy. Because let's face it, how many times have you gone out in public and seen a woman do this? Maybe a handful of times, depends on where you live. That's not a normal thing either. That way it will draw attention also. Now, if you get in your car, the first thing you want to do is lock your doors. But if you don't lock your door quick enough and somebody gets in the car with you, you have car insurance, have a wreck, you know, because that's going to draw attention. Yeah, yeah. You just said have car insurance and get into a wreck. <laughs> I mean, I don't think a lot of people would have that thought if that happened, if they got into the, their car and there was somebody sitting in the back seat or the passenger seat. That's a really good way to get the attention. Well, and right now we're looking at the holidays coming up. Thanksgiving's going to be in three weeks. So people are out buying gifts and you're not paying attention. What you want to do is do not load yourself down before you go to your car. Be sure you're carrying your protection with you. That's one of the reasons I like the stun gun too, because it has the flashlight on it. I have a flashlight right there in my hand. I used to park way, way, way out in the lot so I could walk because I was very fat. And I, it was the way that I got my exercise. Well, now I would never do that because there's no running for me. I'm going to have to fight. So you want to make sure that you're carrying your protection with you when you're going out to your car. If you have to open up your hatchback to put or your trunk to put your groceries in, don't face your car. Turn sideways. When you're facing your car, it's easier for somebody to come up behind you and push you in. If you're sideways, your body doesn't bend like that as easily. So it will take a little bit more to get you into the car. In the back of my car, I have what we call a socket slim. It's a Cubaton. And I have one hanging in the back of my car. So if somebody comes up behind me, it's on a breakaway. I can just pull it off and it's right there in my hand. Now I have something to fight back with in case I don't have anything in my hand. What is that device and what does that do? We call them socket slams, but they're really called coupons in the real world. You put your hand around it and now you can fight with it. You can hit with it. It puts your hand in the right position. Most people don't make a fist correctly and they end up hurting themselves. This helps you. These are made out of aluminum, so they're never going to break a window that they'll never break, bend, or crack either. And ours are sharper on the end because most of our clients are women. So we want to give you an advantage. I also have them in my shower because if you're in your if you're in your home and you're in the shower and someone breaks into your home, where are you going? My other protection is not near my shower. Okay, so that seems like a pretty good handheld device to defend yourself. What is the best device in your opinion that is the right size to carry through like a a parking lot or something something you're, you're not going to forget something that's going to help you i always say 
carrying your protection is such a personal thing. It's what you want to carry and what you feel comfortable with. I always start with a stun device, but it's because it has the sound on it that I can sound off to say, stay away from me. It has the light on it. And then I know if I'm using it, it's going to cause some problems. What happens is it contracts the muscles when that electricity hits those muscles. I feel that that's my best weapon. But that's really something personal that you have to think about for yourself. I carry everything. People say, oh, Nancy, you're paranoid. No, I'm prepared. I want, no matter what the situation, know that I fought back. You said being labeled as paranoid and and having to correct the person and say, no, I'm prepared. I think like any stigma that the word paranoid has should go away. I mean, prepared and be aware. But I do know that some people will hear all this and they'll be like, well, nothing's ever happened to me before. I live in a safe neighborhood. I don't want to be the person who's just always on high alert. What do you tell people like that? I tell them two things because this does get told to me a lot. And it actually happened at CrimeCon. This lady said, I live in a small town and nothing ever happens there. So my first thing was, was that on earth? That nothing ever happens there? And she's like, yes. And I said, do you have a police force? And she said, yes. I said, well, why? If nothing ever happens there. She's like, oh. And I said, and literally you're at CrimeCon. There's like 90 podcasts here. Every one of them has at least one episode that has started. Nothing ever seemed to happen there. It was a quiet neighborhood. It was a nice part of the town. I mean, come on. We all know those are the places that sometimes we have to be more on guard because people, they think they move there to be safer. You know, not to tell anybody that they're not safe in their neighborhood. You know, you make your neighborhood as safe as you can. I don't want people to live with their head in the sand either. And I don't know if anybody else does this either, but I can't tell you how many times I've listened to a podcast and screamed, where was your pepper spray? Did you not have anything to fight back with? You know, because I'm like, just spray him or just hit him or something. You know, people say that to me all the time. Nothing's ever going to happen to me. Women my age say a lot, nobody would want me. Well, it's not about wanting you. It's not about the sex. It's not about the arousal. It's about the power. It's about the power that the criminal has to instill fear in you or the power they have over you. It's about the endorphins now that are running through their head and the excitement that they get. If you watch the Ted Bundy thing, he talks about how his whole addiction got started with a pornography addiction. Because that was enough for him, for his endorphins to go, and he got excited. And then after years of watching, that didn't do it for him anymore. So then he went out and watched women, or he would peek in their windows because they didn't know he was doing it. It's the power that these guys have. So when you take their power away from them by wanting to fight back, or by looking, get off your phone. Get off your phone when you're walking to your car and pay attention to what's going on around you. You know, now you're taking that away from them and you're making yourself look like not an easy target. Yeah, I get mad about the phone thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's understandable. So who needs to carry this kind of protection the most? And what would you suggest is the best gift for someone who may be listening, who has a friend that your description that you're about to give is going to fit, but they've resisted so far in any suggestion to carry something like this. The people who should carry are good people. If you're a good person, 
you should carry some kind of protection with you. The best gift for me is look at how much you want to spend. Part of my safety program is not putting yourself into a financial bind either and watching your finances because that's one of those things that we don't think of as safety. But when you are able to pay your bills and you have a little bit of money in the bank, then you feel more comfortable and you're not desperate. So we need to, that's a whole different podcast. But anyway, that's what, you know, I, I feel that way about that. And then think about if you want them to carry something, you've talked about it. You know, I'm always going to go to a stun device, but it might be just an alarm. You want them to carry something and get used to carrying something. Then they're going to like it. They like the empowerment. Then they'll buy themselves something else. And I always say buy it in one of their favorite colors, because if you buy something for somebody in their favorite color, they're more likely to carry it. And you also have the uh, starter kit. We do. So because we're a direct sales company, you can start your own business with Damsel. I will tell you, you can, you can't. I don't care what you do. Just let me know how I can help you. If you want to join my team, I am here for you to help you. I do have a team of about 70 people that I work with. I've been with Damsel for nine years, so I've been able to grow. And I do work with each of these people that want me to work with them. If you don't want to do that, then don't. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. But when you join us and you lock hands with us, you're going to be able to talk to people and you'll be in front of people I will never get the opportunity to. You have access to people that I will never be able to talk to about safety. From CrimeCon, I just did a Zoom party for a lady who has her daughter's 15. So I did a little party for her daughter. They were all 14 and 15 year olds. And we talked about red flags and what to do when you're out and about, you know, how to go to the ATM. You know, there's a big thing about ATMs right now. You can join Damsel and walk beside us if you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself. There's no requirements necessarily to do every month. So it would be your business. And I have influencers that just use it as an influencer. I have people that use it as extra money. I do have podcasts that have actually joined my team so that they can offer the products to their clients all the time. Is there anything else that you'd like to say today here to our listeners? I would like to just let them know if they get anything out of today, you are worth the fight. We need you in this world. You are here for a reason. If you're listening to podcasts, we need you because you may know something. You may be able to help solve a mystery. More than that, we need you never, I say it as a joke, but we need you to never be a part of your favorite podcast. We need you to be out there safe and sharing your education that you know with the world because everyone's here for a reason and we need the good people to really step up and be part of the solutions. I just want to say thank you so much, you know, being a part of your podcast. I've been listening to you guys for so long and I really love you. Yesterday I was listening to a session and I work with American greeting cards. I go into the stores and put out the cards. I don't even remember which one it was now, but something happened. And I was like, no way did that just happen. And this lady looked at me and she said, are you all right? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm listening to a podcast. And she goes, what are you listening to? You know? And I was like, oh, I listen to Crawl Space. What do you listen to? And so and we exchanged. She listened to something I didn't. So I, I love that because it's almost like the minute you meet somebody, it's a connection. <laughs> But I do want your your listeners to know that I appreciate them and I am here if they have a story that they need to share with somebody or if they just want some advice on what to carry or they want me to take what they have and compare it. I'm happy to do that. What can I do to be of help to them so that they stay safe and they feel more empowered to take care of themselves? 